Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Books to Gaze. I'm Sam, and my pronouns are <laughs> she, her. <laughs> uh, I'm Alex, my pronouns are she, her, and I just hit record and pointed my finger gun at <laughs> Sam and just made her take the take the lead there without giving her a heads up. And I did it. <laughs> she did are. not even miss a beat. She saw that finger and she's like, I'm Sam. Hello. <laughs> I almost asked you, like, who's going? Starting? You pointed and I was like, okay. That's a um, little, like, behind the scenes uh, tidbit. Sam and I always have, like, a five-minute conversation about who is starting the episode. And we have to, like, go back and be like, okay, you this and then you this and then I'll do this. It's always a, a whole thing. But we, we manage every week. We manage. We manage. Um, Alex, how's your life? Um, it is stressful this week. Ugh. Can you elaborate? Because I feel like we're all feeling that stress right now. Yes. Um, I feel like it's raining outside. Yeah, it's supposed to rain all weekend. It's like all these like weird sounds from in front of my window, and I it's I don't think it's supposed to rain here. Anyway. Um, we did want to preface this episode is going up the day after the election and we are recording this the week before the election. So we don't know the outcome. So we are hoping and praying that it is a Biden Harris win. Um, but it is also very possible that I'm apologize profusely if you're hearing the pouring rain in my sound. It's also very possible that that's not what happened and that we're all very sad. So despite... Future Sam, future Sam and future Alex, don't get too drunk that night. Um, If you have to go and it is a loss, you can do this. Keep your head up. Um, But if they win, man, drink as much as you want. (laughs) We are going to celebrate. I feel like I'm so nervous to say anything positive because if... It goes poorly, and I have to listen to this episode Wednesday and hear, like, we're going to be happy, if, and I'm not going to be happy. And then it's going to be, like, an extra kick in the ass, but Ugh. we can only do so much. We can only keep encouraging people to vote and phone and text bank up until the end of the election. Like, I don't know how long Amen. you can do it for, but we have voted. We continue to yell about it. We are... So hopeful, but like Sam said, even if it goes the way that we do not want and are not expecting, we will continue to fight the good fight. We will fight the good fight. We also might be moving to Canada, so if anyone knows any Canadian connections. And like how to get a visa really quickly. Um, And how to how to get our dogs across the border (laughs) we drive them sam we don't have to hide the dog (laughs) we have to get ourselves the visa but (laughs) the dogs can just come (laughs) wait they can they don't have to get like screened or anything i mean like we can have our vet records but they don't need like a special a special passport (laughs) we could just take them as long as we have our papers they're fine but um i the only positive that i have right now And it's like a negative, it's like a positive, I obviously I'm going to be devastated (laughs) and like so upset, heartbroken, whatever, that like the world did not progress like I thought they would. But I'm so fortunate that this year compared to four years ago, we have such a large circle of queer friends that I know that the support will be there 
if the outcome is bad that I we can all hop on FaceTime and like cry together or text nonstop and just be angry. And that gives me that is giving me life right now, to be honest, is that group knowing that they will be there no matter what the outcome is. And I can rely on them for support or celebration. That part, that part. Um, Oh, no, I'm not gonna say that out loud. I will text you. I had an idea. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I feel like if I say it out loud, you're gonna be like, I'm gonna kill you. Like, because, okay. Now I feel like you have to say it out loud. (laughs) We should go live that Wednesday. We vote, no, we vote on Tuesday, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then that Wednesday, if things are good, we should go live that night. Oh, if things are good, hell yeah. Like, we can get a beer and go live and, like, yell about how great we feel. And But if, if it's not, I can't cry on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have record of me sobbing. That's it's just going to be the title. If I'm going to wait until, like, Tuesday at 11.59 and quickly change the title if the voting is going bad, too, I can't cry on the internet. <laughs> Look for look for this episode on next Wednesday. I can't cry on the internet. <laughs> I can't cry on the internet. I agree. I agree. Um, I also have a problem about like whenever I'm really, really sad, I just because I'm an Enneagram seven, I run right past it and try to cheer everyone up. Yeah. And I have to remind myself, like, you have to sit with your sadness. Like you and you have to let other people sit with their sadness. Yeah, I am an avoider of sadness. And usually if ever I do, I don't I do the same in just a different way where I take that like, logical step where I'm like, okay, this sucks. But here's what we're gonna do. Like I'm ready. Like after the last election, I, I think the next morning I was like super upset, but I saw something online about the women's march. And I was like, okay, we're going I texted like five of my friends, I texted another friend in DC asked if we could stay we all booked our tickets, I found flights. So like my brain goes into like fix it mode. And I also have to remember like, I don't have to have a plan right away. Like it's okay to just be devastated and then rally Mm -hmm. and figure out what we do next and where we protest and where we burn things down to the ground. It literally, like, hurts me to think that, like, I, I like, think back to AOC's um, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, whenever she came on. Did you watch that? No. Her, like, I rally? I, like, read bits <laughs> and pieces, but please share. Um, just, like, the, the... One, she was such a, or she is such a beautiful, like, rallier. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that was a low moment for all of us. And she swooped in and she was just like, nope, like, we don't stop. We don't stop. We keep going. Like, we, like, you don't stop fighting. Like, this is not the time to be tired. Yeah. And I just feel like between then and now, like, we have just, like, really put together our last effort not that it's our last effort, but, like, the last bit of juice that we got, (laughs) and we are pushing. It's like that last mile before the finish line that you just sprint, even when you're so tired, but you have to finish. So we, like, we probably all were way less enthused earlier this year, and now it's like, oh, no, like, this is go Mm -hmm. time. This is it. It's time. And I just feel it, like, in my heart that – like what beautiful representation and like 
for a woman to come on and say, Hey, like, we're not done. Like we're still fighting. Like her spirit was not left in vain. And I just look at that and I'm like, I don't know that I can have another rally and cry. <laughs> it's hard. Like, and I think about that. And I think it was in our queer girl chat that we were talking about it, like protest fatigue, some kind of fatigue, but that's that to me is what that other side wants what trump is hoping for and when they appoint judge like when they appointed whatever the fuck her name is i hate her um and they appointed brett kavanaugh like all these people that they're putting in places like even if it's not trump himself like these other people that will do longer and more lasting damage to us they're hoping to beat us down to where we cannot get back up and fight anymore, which is historically what the oppressor has always tried to do, right? Like, let me make it so difficult and so hard and you have nowhere to turn and nothing, and you feel like there's nothing left that you just give up. And it is so hard though to feel like that and keep going. Yes. But AOC is so good at Mm -hmm. reminding Mm -hmm. us that, yeah, sure, take that moment, but like, we are all going to keep fighting and we need you to fight with us. And then you, you know, get up somehow the next day and keep going. You get up. You get up. Yeah. I'm going to need someone to text me that because going to work the next day is going to be the hardest day, whether it's good or bad. But like, even just, even if we win, even if everything turns out the way that we all want it to be, just getting up that next day is going to be really, really hard because it's like we've given everything. Right. You know? And here's the thing like that I don't even think conservatives understand is like even if Biden wins, that still wasn't a lot of our cho- like he still wasn't a lot of our choices. Right. Like That part. A lot of really liberal progressive people are still conceding and compromising with Biden as the nominee. Like he is not my first choice. I was like team Warren mm-hmm. all the way. Like, amen. And, and for some that is way too, way too left for them. And that is where I am. So that's, I'm fine with that. But the, I was talking to someone today on bookstagram about that whole, like Republicans calling us sheep rhetoric. And I'm like, listen, I I more like Democrat liberal people that I know are way less into like buying the party lines. Like we mm-hmm. question the the Democratic Party. We question the nominees. We don't necessarily like we will vote for these people because this is what we've got and we have to. But we absolutely will still hold them accountable. And if Joe Biden does shitty things like the rest of us, we're not going to just be like, well, it's Biden and we love him. Like Biden is wonderful. Like that. Yeah. There's a lot of us that will critique Obama for a, however great he was. There were still a lot of misses. And I'm like, well, we're not sheep. <laughs> we are not sheep. I get really upset. Um, I live in a really small town. Um, our civics teacher has pretty much like preached Trump from day one to our kids. And it is incredibly disheartening to see like this is one of the coolest years to teach civics because you're teaching like I mean you're you're watching it like unfold and she is it's wonderful like I love her as a teacher and as a friend but I had to be like you can't say that in class like you're not allowed yeah and she called because she's probably the only teacher that doesn't know that I'm gay. Um, 
just because she's an older teacher, obviously, like, we see where she lies. And um, she called us snowflakes. And I just, like, had to take a moment. And I had to be, like, she does not realize, like, who she's talking about. Like, this is not a direct thing to you. And I think a lot of times, like, we do that. And we do such a good job of being, like, that's not directed to me. But you have to see what how those words are hurtful. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like... <laughs> I feel like a lot of people on the Republican side take it so personally that it becomes like, it becomes like, it makes them cling more to that like party. Whereas we can say like, okay, I am not a snowflake. You can stop. But like, that's not how it is for them. And it just like boggles my mind sometimes. Well, that's the thing. Like (laughs) I, I never believe anything anybody tells me right off the bat. Like by by just like my genetic nature i'm a very like inquisitive skeptical person so if you come and tell me like oh flowers are always going to be blue or whatever then i'm going to look that up because i want to know why and i want like evidence and facts Mm -hmm. in front of me so anytime someone tells me about a policy or a bill or their beliefs then i'm going to like present them the evidence like okay i see why maybe you think that but here's why that's not true just based in facts And it baffles me that that's not how everyone's brains work Mm -hmm. and that you're going to tell me I'm a sheep for questioning and doing my research with like actual research sites and like things that are peer reviewed and evidence based. And not the onion. You just just believe something one person is saying and he has nothing to back him up. Like how did we get here? And this is like other educate, like my family is educated and they fully believe all this stuff. And I just can't understand. Also, I was talking to my mom and I was like, you know, you're, my family is predominantly Christian and they're saying like, he is such a Christian man. And I was like, the things he has done is not Christian. The things that he has done has not been what you proclaim Jesus is like. Those are the things that he has said, the things that he has done, the way that he acts, the things that he tweets. Like, you think it's funny, but that is not Jesus. That's not love. That's not anything that you proclaim. Like, none of that is. And truly, I don't. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. (laughs) I got angry. (laughs) No, I feel you. And, like, I get angry. I'm like calling a woman derogatory names on, on a social media platform. That's the kind of president you want. Right. Like I'm very confused. Those are your Christian values. Like hearing someone call other people stupid and dumb and like all these in like those are, I, I think like I am not a religious person. I was raised religious. I respect religions, but I think people weaponize them so easily. And I don't think any of the people that these religions center, like Buddha and Jesus and whoever else, I don't know, I'm not like well-versed. None of these people would believe anything that the people who are using that religion for hate would, are saying. Like, I, I grew up Catholic. I know exactly what the Bible says. And the Jesus that I learned about what, right? like those quotes that are like, Jesus would have been like a young black socialist human being like absolutely I don't know how you take those messages and then you twist I just don't understand brains like that and it 
I, I just I don't I don't get it. It's hurtful too, and and I think a big thing um, for people listening, there's been some like bookstagram drama this week of like, mm-hmm. well, these are just my beliefs, and and we can all believe different things, and why can't you just scroll away? And it's I don't know how to get people to understand that it's not just your beliefs and my beliefs. It's like this is what's right. And you're not on this side. So no, we don't have to agree to disagree and still be friends because we're past the point of just disagreeing on like property taxes. We're disagreeing on human lives. And you're disagreeing on my life. Like you dis, like disregarding me and saying like, oh, we can still be friends, but I'm going to vote in favor that you cannot get married. I'm going to vote in favor that like your rights are taken away, that you do not have um, security in your workplace or Mm -hmm. security. I mean, look at what Trump has done already in the military. Like he took the, um, what did he, he took the right away that like basically didn't he reinstate oh I could be wrong here but didn't he reinstate the don't ask don't tell all over again no not official I think it was a transgender band hold on okay please with me yeah (laughs) I don't know um something happened this year and okay so on july 26 2017 president trump posted a series of tweets announcing that the united states government will not accept or allow transgender individuals to serve in any capacity in the u.s military um he issued a formal memorandum detailing the ban in march 2018 on January 22nd, 2019, the Supreme Court lifted injunctions allowing the Department of Defense to implement the ban while litigation continues. So, yes. I guess the the Pentagon has falsely claimed the ban is not about transgender people, but instead gender dysphoria. Um, It would prohibit transgender people from joining the military, and it would prohibit anyone currently in the military from transitioning genders. I think the military tries to disguise a lot of hatred in terms of like, oh, the cost of your healthcare is expensive. Because in my work, I have a lot of my young HIV patients who want to join the military, and I have to explain to them that they can't. And it's not because of their HIV status. It's because the cost of their healthcare is too high, according to the military. Mm -hmm. Which is silly, and that's essentially what I think they were disguising this transgender ban as. Like, oh, well, hormone replacements and and gender, like, transition surgeries or gender-affirming surgery, those are expensive, and we're, like, we shouldn't have to pay for that. But again, it's like my comments earlier today, just come out and say you're transphobic. (laughs) Like, stop, stop pretending anything. And and I I always, like, butt up against my family because they're very, like, but taxes and taxes and taxes. I'm like, okay, but human lives. And like, this is what is right. These, all of Mm. these people shouldn't have to be like stamped down because you all want more than you should have. I agree. I'm sorry you went to school and now you make $500 an hour and you want to keep all $500 every hour. But also like think of the small, if, if you give away one of your three cars and two of your five vacation homes, you're still coming out ahead, but you're also helping other people. Okay, right. 
Right. I don't get it. I just, I don't. I don't know how other people just can live their lives and not feel sad that other people have way less for literally no reason other than they happen to be born a different race or a dif- different ethnicity or from a different country or a different sexuality or in the wrong body. That part. Ugh. We're angry. We're angry today. <laughs> we are angry. Okay. To transition, what is giving you life this week? One thing, one good thing. Um, okay, I made homemade macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> I made homemade macaroni and cheese and put it into tiny orange bell pepper pumpkins. I think that you need to post this on the books today so people can see it because it is truly a beautiful picture. I will share it when this episode goes live because it's my favorite. My mom made it, and I think her mom made it. Like, it's just, like, one of those homemade macaroni and cheese recipes. And I just think it's cute to make an orange bell pepper look like a pumpkin and stuff it with mac and cheese. I think it's adorable. I think I'm going to do it this weekend. It's really fun. Um, We don't even really eat the peppers. We just like to decorate the mac and cheese. Yeah. Um. So one thing giving me life this week is this weekend, um, my whole family on my mom's side is going to the beach Mm. and me and my brother and like my cousins are going to go build a bonfire and just drink on Halloween. And I know, and it's not something that we get to do often. So I'm just really excited that we get to go and like hang out and just have some quality time. I haven't seen them in a long time because, you know, I've been real busy. Yeah. I do. <laughs> um, are you guys, do you guys dress up? Um, so this is honestly the first time I've ever done this with them. Like they, um, this house is a family friend and they were just like, hey, like it's open if you guys want to go. And we kind of hopped on it. And so it's a lot of us. There's like 25 of us and it's like a three bedroom home. So we're just going to be sleeping in bathtubs and like (laughs) wherever they can find room. Um, But I'm really excited. Like I'm really excited. That'll be a nice break from reality. Uh, It will. I need a good break. Like I need a little bit of a break. Um, I plan to read a lot. Um, I just finished our book that we're going to talk about. I feel like every time we have an episode on a book, I'm like, I finished it two hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) I I only have five more pages left, but I'm wondering if we have enough time to discuss the book in depth today, or should we just like briefly touch on like the gay books we finished, that being one? Um, Let's just answer our questions that we usually do, and we'll come back. We'll do it next time. Yeah, yeah. I feel... I feel like it's not the time. Yeah, it doesn't feel right to just be like, okay, pause on the world and here's – we have other episodes we could talk about it on. <laughs> we do. Y'all are going to get us a lot. Surprise. Yeah, without, that took a turn. But, you know, the best episodes do. So what books – what are the gay books you've read recently? Um, okay. So I just finished Cantores. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Gosh, there were so many good lines. Um, oh my gosh, I have to like think. What have I finished? I feel like I've finished so many books this like 
You were like um, trying to knock them all out. I feel like you're reading four, and then although it's you weird. know what, I finished them. I finished the last the last True Poets of the Sea. I finished Cantores. I finished All American Boys. Wow. And I am I am halfway done with Leave the World Behind. You know, it's funny. So we recorded with Mel this weekend and you listed that you were reading all these books, but then that's going to go up after this episode where you've now finished the books, but then people are going to listen to that episode and you're going to be reading them again. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> I love them all so much. Um, yeah. And then I'm trying to decide what books I'm going to take to... Um, the beach. I think I'm going to take Sawkill Girls because I got to read it. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, what are your options? Um, Sawkill Girls is on my list. I told myself that I'm holding out for Addie LaRue until after the election because I think I'm going to need it. Yeah. Whether it's a good time or a bad time. Um, I have another V.E. Swab book. Did I say her name right? V.E. Schwab, yeah. Um, hold on, let me get a look. I have, like, all of her books, but I have not read all of them and or finished all of them. I have never read her before. Oh, she's great. Um, I have the A Darker Shade of Magic. Oh, yeah, that is J.G.'s favorite of V.E. Schwab. Really? Okay. And then I have Mexican Gothic. Ooh, yeah. And I then, need to freaking read that book. So I told myself I'm taking Sawkill Girls. Oh, and I'm definitely taking that one. But I'm stuck between taking um, A Darker Shade of Magic and Mexican Gothic, I think. So those are my books. Oh, and I finished Cemetery Boys. That was amazing. I need you to read it. Like, I need you to. Like, yesterday. I know. I actually should really just get this book. Um, but I haven't yet because I have so many. And then I accidentally just have one on. I picked up from the library today, but I'm still reading one. What are you reading right now? What books are you reading? I'm still reading Honey Girl. Um, I'm, like, more than halfway through, so I should probably be able to send that to you by the beginning of next week. Yay! And then I really wanted to start Year of the Witching after while it's still like sort of spooky season. Um, But I also feel like I have been saying I'm going to read Mexican Gothic for five months. Let's read Mexican Gothic this weekend. What if I read something else? (laughs) (laughs) I just hit this like wall where I'm like, I just want to read a gay book. Are you kidding me? I know. Like, that's your, like, whole life. Um, It feels really weird that the two books, like, that I have finished this week have not been gay. Like, American Boys. Oh. Right. Have you read American Boys? Yeah. Is it the one by... The... Jason Reynolds? Yes. Yes. A lot... Um, a few years ago, but yeah, I read it. Um. So, this is my book club that I started with my kids. And I have about 25 who come. Wow. Uh huh. And I sobbed yesterday finishing it. Yeah. Um, 
I wonder how they're going to feel in Gainesville-ish small town outside of, like, are they going to, are your kids going to like the book? Um, Do you ever write I think that? It, this is my first one. Um, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. But I feel like this one really painted a good picture for both sides. Mm-hmm. And it really painted a picture of why Paul, um, so basically, guys, American Boys is set um, in two different perspectives, and two different authors are writing it, Jason Reynolds and um, someone else. <laughs> Jason Reynolds and Brendan Kiley, and they are um, – one is a um, a young black man who, or a young black kid who is um, in ROTC and he stops at a convenience store and he's going to grab a bag of chips and he reaches down into his bag to get a dollar to buy them and a lady trips over him and when she trips over him, the convenience store clerk yells he's stealing and a cop that's inside proceeds to beat him so bad that it puts him into the hospital. Right. And, um, as that's happening, another student walks in and it's a white kid who is very much connected to that officer's family. And his best friend is the brother of the officer and the officer has kind of been like a stand-in dad for him and has like raised him. And it's been such a dual thing seeing it from both of their eyes and them realizing like what happened was not okay. Right. And I have sobbed. Like there's a line and honestly, like it literally, literally tracks for this coming up week. So I'm going to read it. Yes. Oh, Sorry, son. She keeps giving me the dirtiest looks. I'm like, I will cut you. Um, hold on. Oh, for all the people who came before us fighting this fight, I was here screaming at the top of my lungs. Rashad Butler, present. Mm-hmm. That line, I just cried like a baby. <laughs> I think too, this book, it's a it's an important I think for your kids especially who maybe come from homes where they're not hearing other views, it's important it's an important skill and I feel like I've said this a lot in the last week and a half to hold two seemingly opposing beliefs, but that both of those things can be true. So like from that white person's perspective, you can love that cop and and love what he is to you and what he represents as like a father figure and like your best friend's dad. And also know that he did something wrong and that was like illegal yes. and a racist thing. And people, I think a lot of people have trouble with those conflicting things and recognizing that, oh, this person can be a good person, but also they can be really hurtful too. Like, Two true, yes. two true things about the same person, and our brains want to be like, no, 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 they're just, they're a good person. This was just a fluke, or he's a great guy, and this was probably deserved. And that's, and I think 
that's an important thing to teach kids and ourselves that you can love police officers if you want to and believe that they do good work, but also that they need a lot of reform and education and training. That part. Two things that that are both true, right? It's, have you seen the TikToks (laughs) where the sound is like, I'm at the Pizza Hut. I'm at the Taco yeah. Bell. I'm at the combination <laughs> the Pizza, pizza Hut. Taco Bell. I saw someone use that sound to to make a point of that. Like, you can be at the Pizza Hut or the Taco Bell, or you can be at both, and they're in the same building, and they have very different food. You know, like it's it's just something you have to learn to believe that you can, you know, have a mental illness and maybe not always be the best friend, but you can also be like super great and positive and let like all these things can be true about things and you don't have to just draw the line and believe one or the other yes 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 yes, so i'm hoping your book club maybe can learn that skill early on and not have to like be 40 screaming that like no this is just this is the only thing that's true and you know what i'm gonna say this I did not have books like this growing up. No. Like I didn't. Um, I didn't have books. And like I loved to read. And I remember like we didn't read books like this in school where, I mean, we read like a fucking, a separate piece and we read To Kill a Mockingbird, but did we really go over it? No. Like we talked about theme and we talked about figurative language and we talked about like bullshit like that. Don't get me wrong. I love shit like that. Right, but it wasn't but, it wasn't something that like made you learn and see p- different perspectives and different worldviews and like be a better human. Yes. Or we read A Great Gatsby. And so Do you have to read I, The Heart of Darkness. No. I fucking hated that book. If anyone has that's read it, jo- it was awful. That's what Joseph Conrad, right? You know what? I didn't read it. <laughs> Um, no, I've heard things about that book, but it's terrible. I like look at this and I think if you, and I always say this, like seventh grade is such a prime time to open up their minds. And like, I will say this, I had a college professor and I look back on him and he really shaped the way that I'm a teacher because I went to a very Christian conservative school. Like you couldn't drink, you couldn't smoke, you couldn't like have premarital sex or be gay. (laughs) But he always presented things like very neutrally. And he would always give us like both sides and then just be like, you are an adult. Like you get to choose, like you get to make your decisions. And so he loved debate but he always played devil's advocate so you never knew where he was yeah and I think teachers like that can be so influential because you I don't think you should be so like I mean probably if I was a teacher though I'd be very staunchly in my side and like trying to win over the hearts of others but it's important though when you're in classes to learn how to debate and learn how to like hear what other people might be saying to you one day, whether you believe it or not, and how to develop those critical skills. Well, it's actually really funny because, like, I graduate. So his whole thing was, like, he doesn't add people on Facebook till you graduate college. And we gradu- I graduated college, and he added me on Facebook, and he turned out to be, like, this huge Republican, like, conservative <laughs> Republican, like, Trump supporter, like, anti-LGBTQ 
And I just remember like being, it taught me so much because his teaching never showed that ever. Yeah. Like his teaching did not. And so looking back, like I always told myself, like, that's the type of teacher I want to be. Like, I want to be able to give them options and then just sit back and be like, you decide, not your mama, not your daddy, not your grandma. Like you decide. Yeah. Where do you sit here? And in seventh grade, like you're already developing and they want to have conversation. Yeah. Like they want to talk about this election. They want to talk about like this. And already like you can feel tension in my classroom because like kids are wearing MAGA shirts and MAGA hats. And then like I have other kids whose parents are like strictly Democrat. And like you can feel the tensions rising and like what's been really great is channeling that tension to be a conversation and to let like have them be able to talk and like do things. And that has really helped so much, like for all of them. Right. So it's an important skill. I wish, but I wish we had those books. I think of like, if you're in middle school, even high school, if like my history class had us read that book or my English class and then like talk about, actual relevant things instead of like listen no shame to people who love classics i fucking hate them i say i just i don't i don't like the i get the narration and the narrative style and the writing style was very on for the times it's too much for me now and i don't want to have to think that hard and i know that probably makes me not a not a wonderful reader but There are so many good books that I could be reading in class that are current day books. Why do I have to read, uh, uh, what's the one by Charlotte or Emily and it's boring as shit. (laughs) No, I loved me some Jane Jane Eyre. Oh, that's boring though. Hated Jane Eyre. (laughs) (laughs) I love Jane Eyre. I hated Madame Bovary. I hated goddamn all of it. But I'm like, can't we read The Hate You Give, All American Boys, you know, Mm. any of these Cameron posts. Like, let's have conversations about actual things that are happening and not just like, like The Great Gatsby is great and stuff, but it's not really relevant today. No. And I hate The Great Gatsby. I hate it. I hate it. I said it it was great for cultural things, but I also hate it. Um. No, I think back. I love Jane Eyre, and I love Pride and Prejudice, um, and I did love Wuthering, Wuthering Heights. But do I think they really need to be taught? No, no, because any of the messages they're teaching, you can find in more relevant present day books, and probably better ones, like that better works. messaging. So let's start using those books. Like, what if we read, you know. Also, what if we read romance? Like, because you can argue, like, Pride and Prejudice, The Great Gatsby. There's, they're romance books, too. Why don't we read better romance books where, like, the main characters actually like each other and aren't terrible at times? Like, something to talk about. Or, you know, The House and the Sterling. Like, all those books have those same elements but aren't problematic, too. All right. I'm not going to nerd out. So I'm going to, like, let that go. Okay. Were you going to nerd out about something to talk about? (laughs) No, I was going to nerd out on the fact that like, so I took a whole class on British Lit 1, 2, and 3. And one whole class was on how Pride and Prejudice was actually like um, not a romance 
story, but it is a story on like um, how the middle class evolved. And mm, probably. How... I just don't pick up on any of that stuff. So. <laughs> I will stop because I'm like listening to you and I was like, you're wrong, you're wrong. Okay. I mean, to be okay. fair, I've never read it and I've never watched the movie just because I get really stuck in my like anti-classic classics, anti-classism, anti-class, that too. I'm just stuck in my <laughs> belief system, but um, I know I should watch, at least watch the movie, but um, here for the hot take on books to gaze, classics are out, uh, regular present day literature is in. It's in. To be fair, the only classic I remember liking is A Brave New World by Aldous Huxley because it's very dystopian. I loved A Brave New World. I also loved Fahrenheit 451. I loved that book. That was good too. And I, I mean, The Handmaid's Tale isn't a classic, but I always thought it was when I was growing up. But I loved that too. Although I get like um, they're problematic from a white lens. Technically it is. Like it is, The Penguin has called it a classic. Wow, we're old. <sighs> I know. All right. Well, um, <laughs> I'm going to choke. Any closing words? That's what word? she said. We, <laughs> we, don't, we don't know the outcome of Tuesday when we're recording this, but Sam, do you have any like one sentence, couple sentence things to say? Wednesday, take deep breaths. Find one thing to do for yourself. Um, center yourself. Whether it's good or bad, make sure you're centered. I love that. And I will add that even if the outcome is the one we are hoping for, there we still will be fighting. The fight is not Amen. over no matter who no. And if you need support on Wednesday, please reach out to us. We will support you too. Yes. Except yes, yes, yes. That's right. Amen. All right. Well, tune in next week. We don't know what episode is going up yet because November is just a fly by the seat of your pants month for us. So it'll Cheers, be It'll be as much of a surprise to you guys as it is to us. Woohoo! All, All right. right. Cheers, queers. Cheers, queers.